Good afternoon and welcome to the City View podcast. I'm Andy Sylvester, editor at City AM. It's already looking like one of those weeks. Equities are down right across the world and we'll talk about why in just a few minutes with Jack Barnett, City AM's economics and markets correspondent. But first, the headlines. And for once... I can, in fact, start with good news. Airlines are tonight sharing an announcement that the dreaded day two PCR tests for travellers arriving in the UK are to be scrapped. Grant Shapps, the Transport Secretary, made the announcement in the Commons just a few minutes ago. Yesterday, the bosses of the UK's biggest airlines joined forces to call on government to move to a new normal and rule out border closures when future variants inevitably emerge. A Virgin Atlantic spokesperson said just a few minutes ago, the removal of all testing for vaccination passengers is the final step in moving towards frictionless air travel, allowing passengers to reconnect with loved ones and business colleagues. It restores customer confidence and demand will be boosted in a critical booking window for the travel industry. Meanwhile, shares in embattled e-commerce group THD plummeted yet again today after Citibank downgraded its profit guidance for the firm and it was revealed that boss Matt Moulding's mother rounded on a journalist in defence of her son's achievements. Shares in the Manchester-based firm, which runs brands including MyProtein and Cult Beauty, plunged again more than 19% and are now trading at an 85% discount of the initial flotation price uh, during the much ballyhooed IPO last year. City, one of THG's brokers, revised its profit forecast down from $177 million to $164 million on the back of Forex pressures and rising commodity prices. But the share price plunge also follows reports over the weekend that boss Matt Moulding's mother contacted Sunday Times journalist Ollie Shaw, formerly of this parish, to question the media negativity towards her son. Shaw wrote in his column on Sunday that Matt Moulding's mum emailed me last week. The Hutt Group's matriarch wanted to know why writers were not more appreciative of her son's, quote, outstanding, unquote, achievements. And I quote, you must lead very dreary lives in your dead-end jobs. Not a big fan of journalists. It's actually quite fun. Elsewhere, Sendrica, owners of British Gas, has swooped in to rescue UK households from doomed supplier Together Energy, which ceased trading finally last week. Market regulator Ofgem has allocated the entirety of Together's 176,000 customer base through its supplier of last resort process. The latest take-up means British Gas has swallowed up some 700,000 new customers from failed suppliers amid escalating market carnage over the past year. Turns out all you need to do to get the big six back together is have a horrendous wholesale gas price uh, increase. Rapid grocery delivery firm Getier has announced plans to create 6,000 fresh jobs in the UK this year as it continues its rollout. And the looming national insurance tax hike will leave British businesses with no choice but to raise prices. That's according to the Institute of Directors. Nearly one in four UK businesses are intending on lifting prices to offset higher tax bills in order to keep margins where they want them. Now joining me is Jack Barnett, the economics and markets correspondent at City AM. Jack... We started with good news around travel, but there isn't a lot of other good news around when you look at equity markets. Uh, no, sea of red in one phrase, uh, kind of across the board uh, and in every single region. Um, I think the the main driver for this is just that I think markets are now kind of, they are sobering up to the fact that the wave of cheap money um, just kind of flooding the financial markets over the course of the last 18 months is, is partially coming to an end. Mm. So you've got the FTSE was down... Uh, as much as 2.2% um, today, the stock 600, which is the pan-European um, spread of stocks, down over to, um, 3%. And mm. on the opening bell in Wall Street, uh, one point, uh, the NASDAQ was down over 3%, and the S&P is now actually in correction territory. So mm-hmm. um, everywhere you look, uh, 
it's pretty it's pretty downbeat mm. um and i think just the, the, the general mood is just very risk off um and there's there's a number of factors behind that. The main one is is that I think investors just they're, they're gearing up for the fact that this um, at the Fed meeting on Wednesday they're going to signal that you know we're going to start rapidly mm. um, rapidly tightening monetary policy from about um, March onwards. Um, and you know that has all implications for for equities. The main reason is that it just dents their valuations. Um, it actually reduces the amount of money flowing around in the financial market, mm. so people just can't they can't actually deploy all the capital they want. And of course, we'll just slow down consumer demand as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked about rate rises a lot. Charlie Bean, former Bank of England rate setter over the weekend, saying that he feared that on this side of the pond, um, the delay in putting interest rates up last year means that this coming rate hike cycle will probably be further and faster mm-hmm. than it might otherwise have been so there's lots of headwinds there is also a chill wind blowing from the east which we shouldn't forget growing noise out of moscow um that it it appears we are and i always find it staggering to say this sort of thing in the 21st century but heading for potentially a war on Mm. on what is european soil so russia and ukraine that'll obviously hit gas prices that hasn't helped but this is really about rates right yeah it is i think that just just the note on the uh, you know the likelihood of this military conflict actually happening on the eastern front is just it just adds to this cocktail of headwinds which are making people very very risk off mm. um, but you know 80% of this um global market drop is is just driven by the fact that you know we we are entering a period of higher interest rates and mm. you know the i think the the flip side of that is that you know before before we were all these fears about rate rises have triggered this massive market set up is that investors were very very concerned about inflation well obviously if rates rise, inflation should drop. So that does sort of ease that mm. headwind. But, you know, investors, so they like cheap money to be able to deploy in financial markets. <laughs> yeah, and there'll be less of that around. I suppose as we look ahead on timeframes, so we've got the Fed on, on Wednesday mm. and then the Bank of England the week after, I believe. February, yeah, on the 3rd of February. February 3rd. Um, so I think the working theory is that both, on both we'll, we'll certainly see rates going up. It does seem slightly strange to me that here on this Monday, markets are falling through the floor you know, for, for at least the fifth day in a row in some cases in the States. If you've been reading the runes for a while, we've mm. known this is coming. Yeah. Um, you say people are sobering up to it, but you do wonder if there's going to be some people who've made moves a couple of weeks back looking pretty cheery with themselves today. Yeah, I think so. I think if you look at the... You know, if you look at the stock, because there are some stocks which actually do benefit from higher interest mm. rates. I think people who kind of flowed into these so-called cyclical stocks, which actually benefit when rates are a bit higher um, and the economy is kind of at normal functioning, they tend to be like banks, mm. um, those types of stocks, financials as well. I think people who kind of moved early into those stocks are definitely, you know, they're probably rubbing their hands together today and saying, you know, bring it on. But, yeah. um you know, most of the other, you know, big mega cap tech stocks, you know, people who are still holding your likes of Apple and your fangs are, mm. you know, booking quite heavy losses or yeah. set to. Yeah, of course. Um, and just before you go, we'll talk about two stories which are in this morning's paper, but nonetheless uh, are relevant. The first is around uh, the sort of despite Brexit narrative. Mm. Um, lenders continuing to higher for banking jobs in the UK. Yeah, and I think the interesting the interesting point with this is that it was actually the Wall Street giants who were driving this recruitment drive and you, you know you had these very very gloomy predictions before Brexit saying that it's going to 
it's going to incentivize mm. all the banks to take people into Europe. And, you know, fundamentally that hasn't happened. I think the, the, the level of vacancies now is the highest it's, it's ever been. Mm. So, you know, you've kind of got demand, not just from the domestic lenders, but also from the lenders across the pond as well. Yeah. And then the last one, I mean, again, good news, bad news. It's a growing theme on, on today's <laughs> podcast. Um, the bad news is is around profit warnings, supply chains contributing to a record year of profit warnings in, in the UK, mm. on the UK stock market last year. And I guess we're all waiting for those supply chain gum ups to start loosening, um, which may well be until the summer. So I guess we can probably expect a bit more of the same. Yeah, I think so. I think the the consensus is that this is, you know, the supply chain crunch is kind of going to last until at least the third or fourth quarter of this mm. year. So um, you know, we had a record level of listed companies citing supply chains as um, eating into their profits. I wouldn't be surprised if you had that again uh, in the first quarter of this year and the second quarter of this year as well. Yeah, and that's across all sectors. That's all from us today. We're going to go back and probably take some bets on how far the US markets are going to fall and hopefully get it right this time rather than having to rewrite our headline after we uh, after we got slightly slightly wrong last time. But luckily not... Not, not before we'd uh, we'd gone to print. That's all from me on this Monday afternoon. We'll be back tomorrow. Plenty to talk about this week. We'll have uh, economists and analysts all week looking at what the impact of rate rises might be, and perhaps working out whether it's not just uh, the bull market disappearing, but the bears moving in. <laughs>